Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Man's podcast. We really hope that you enjoy this upcoming episode, and we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you could, on your way out, hit the like, comment, share, subscribe button, share this with your friends and family. We really appreciate it. We're just starting the conversation. We're sparking it. We don't have the solutions, but the goal is to spark the conversation. Sometimes a student is a teacher, and sometimes a teacher is a student. Have a good day. Yo, 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 what's up, man? Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. It's your boy, Corey and Ken. Y'all know how we do. We talk about real world issues. We talk about controversial topics. And we're not saying we have the answers to everything, but we do want to help educate you as we educate ourselves. So thank you all for tuning in. And let's jump into it. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, bro? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Sure, man. I'm doing well. You know, just putting together a plan to be successful and about to take this trip out to Florida next week. Going to be probably heading out to uh, Orlando to go to Universal Studios. And if we can make a trip out to Miami, trying to do that too. Most definitely, man. The family, family time is very important, man. Especially as we get older, start to realize, you know, how, you know, truly important family is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just getting back from the uh, the Narrows with my dad uh, and my two brothers, man. We had a good time out there in Utah. Uh, it was different. We were the only uh, people of my color, uh, you know, out there. But it was it was cool nonetheless. Very. Uh, prevalent population of Mormons and Amish uh, out there. So, you know, we definitely stuck out like a sore thumb, but the experience, man, the experience was definitely much needed and and, and really added to my life. So, but what, what you got, man, what's the topic? Yeah, man. So look, we, there's this topic out here that's been circulating, talking about toxic masculinity. And it's a term that I've heard and I've heard used and expressed, you know, by women and, you know, some guys, so I figure like we can dive into that and talk about what toxic masculinity is, because there's a lot of things that's going on in the world that I think will help us be better as men and help us live better lives. if we can really dive into toxic masculinity and see how it affects us and not only us, but society as a whole. So, yeah. OK, what uh, what would you define as toxic masculinity? So basically, basically, when you talk about toxic masculinity, it's a set of stereotypical norms, right, that, uh, you know, been placed on us culturally um in our society and how men should behave how they should respond how they should act and how they should do things and i think that you know we have be, been we have become like i don't i don't want to say victims of tox, toxic masculinity or whatnot but we definitely operate in that probably unconsciously because we don't absolutely know what it is nobody's really sat down and defined what toxic masculinity is so i think once we get a better understanding of what it is and how it affects us we can therefore make better informed and conscious decisions on if we choose to continue to live that life and operate in toxic masculinity or we tear away from that and become our own people. Gotcha. Do you, um, do you have any examples, you know, so we can kind of, you know, see where you're coming from as far as the toxic masculinity, um, you know, vibe, you know, what, what would be some things that are considered toxic as far as masculinity is concerned? Oh, absolutely. So let's take one, for example, this is one that's been, you know, huge um, men going to get manicures and pedicures. Right. That's something that's huge right now. And there's a time when men didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, that ain't what men do. You know, they say stuff like, oh, that's gay. And you got your nails and feet done. It's like, all right, cool. So that's an example. So, you know, when I was coming up as a kid, I never really saw men 
going to the nail salon to get their nails done, their feet done. And when I say done, I mean like pampered, right? Like, you know, getting a pedicure, getting your feet taken care of, your manicure, getting your hair, hands taken care of, your nails and stuff, and grooming yourself. That was something I never really paid attention to or it wasn't, you know, talked about when I was coming up. But now, myself personally, I get manicures and pedicures. Like, I just went yesterday and got it. My wife was like, you want to go with me? I'm like, absolutely. You know, sometime we use that time together just to relax, to talk, and catch up because life is busy. You know what I'm saying? But when you go into that place, you are you are sitting in a chair and you're like forced to just relax and have that downtime. And you can, you know, connect with your with your spouse, your significant other, and um, do that. So, you know, I, it's something I do and I enjoy it. It's relaxing. You know, I think we have pressure points in our hands. We have pressure points in our feet. And a lot of times those things go neglected. And because of that, there's a lot of aggression built up. There's a lot of things that, you know, go undetected because we don't really take care of ourselves. Yeah. And that's the, I think that that's a good point because I think that that's where it becomes toxic when you don't take care of yourself. You know, self-care is very important. Um, you know, when you go get a pedicure manicure, cause I'm an advocate for self-care and in every sense of the word. So um, a, a lot of men don't understand, you know, what it is to get a pedicure manicure. They associate it with, you know, French, you know, manicures and, uh, American manicures and all that stuff with the acrylic and the whole nine. And that is one aspect of it. But the other aspect for men is more, and I won't even say for men, but there's an alternative to that, uh, which is, you know, just a buff on your nails, uh, taking care of your cuticles, softening your hands, making sure you don't callous from, you know, labor, you know, on your hands and things that, you know, that nature and also on your feet as well. Um, we have to think about it from a, uh, when you interact with the opposite sex, when you touch people, you know, they can tell a lot about how you take care of yourself by your hands. So we have to get away from the and that's why I think that that's a good example of toxic because it harms us because we're in that box of what masculinity really is. We have to be fluid. And I think it's really important, man, that we really reassess. You know, what is masculinity? And I think that's one of the harder things to pin down is what masculinity is and, you know, what are the traits for each category? Yeah. And, and these cultural norms that have been placed on us, you know, by society of what it is to be masculine, what men can and cannot do. I think we have allowed ourselves to adopt those cultural norms and box ourselves in. I love the word that you use. You said fluid, right? I believe that we're, we are definitely fluid people, but we have been trained by society, especially as men. You can't do these certain type of things. You can't go get manicure and pedicure, right? You can't, um, you know, it's all these things that they've come up with. There are so many different things. And I believe it's up to us in order for in order for us to live healthy, fulfilled lives is to break down these cultural masculine norms and begin to redefine these things ourselves. Because and, and let's even break it down to going to the alpha and beta male. Right. That's something that is often talked about. And, you know, if you're a beta male, you're looked as, you know, weak. You, you know, you're soft, you can't, you know, take care of your woman, all these different type of things. But I heard this guy talking about that. And he was talking about the difference between alpha and, you know, um, beta. And he was like, man, listen, some women are designed to be with a beta because betas know how to nurture. They they, they can connect with you emotionally. They do A, B, C, and D. And then these, these, you know, alphas, they're just like hard, they're aggressive. You know, they talk loud, all these different type of things. And so some women need a, a beta in their life. And I'm a firm believer of this. 
I don't believe I'm full beta or full alpha. I believe that I'm both because given the situation that I'm in, I think one or the other is going to come out, right? And so I think you should be able to filter through and and discern when to use one over the other because we're just complex people. That's the way God made us. So, uh, but saying that, oh, you're, you're a beta, that can be toxic. That's toxic masculinity within itself. Yeah, I think so, man. And um, like I was saying before, man, I'm... I was a proponent, you know, a serious advocate for these terms, alpha and beta. And, you know, I think that was a few months ago when we were on the other podcast where we were talking about that. And I had to sit for a second, man. I had multiple conversations with different people, different walks of life, different genders, different socioeconomic statuses and stuff like that. And um, I've since changed my views on that. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's responsible to turn people as alpha or beta. Uh, because it's it you know tends to divide us okay more than anything and it, all we want to do is come together and understand one another uh, there are negative connotations associated with alpha and beta depending on who's defining it so because of the, it's that cumbersome you know for me i've done away with that term i have a very you know low level understanding of it um it's just problematic Bottom line, it's just problematic. And, you know, to not water this whole thing down, I'd rather stay away from, you know, that whole, you know, that whole thing. So um, as it relates to, you know, alpha and beta, one of the things I'm hearing you say, you you said you were both. And I think that we are. I think that's correct. I think we are definitely both. Um, there are strengths on both sides of it. There are strengths in being beta. There are strengths in being alpha. You know, and one of the, the reasons that I find it to be problematic is because it puts us in a box to where if we identify with being an alpha male, we are unable to emote. We're unable to do things that may lend itself more to the beta side and then vice versa. If we identify as beta, then we tend to stay away from, you know, the alpha end of the spectrum. So I think it's important that we remain fluid. And like you were saying earlier, it's important to be able to look at a situation and decide which one would be better fit for this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I believe, you know, we evolve, you know what I'm saying? Um, over time, we just continue to evolve and being fluid is something that I believe that will help us live life, you know, more, more to, to, to the fullest because we don't box ourselves in. These terms are very harmful. These terms can do a lot of damage to men and society in general. Because we look at these terms and we say we have to fit within one of these definitions to order in order to uh, be something or, you know, to say that you're part of a certain group and things like that. And I think that's an issue. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some things that are just off limits. Right. Um, let's go back to the Manny and Petty. Right. <laughs> you know, some guys get pedicures and manicures. But then you have some guys saying, I went and got me a Manny Petty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> there you go man listen <laughs> whatever you to however you decide to say it however you decide to rock with it you know what i'm saying definitely me i'm not gonna say i just got me a manny and a petty you know what i'm saying but even with me saying that that can be toxic masculinity because yeah. why can't a guy say oh i just went and got me a manny petty because that's something you hear more women say you know what i'm saying I, you know i just went and got me a manny petty so for me to hear a guy say yeah i just went and got me a manny and a petty there's going to be some probably a microaggression attached to that, right? There's going to be some type of biases, implicit biases there. 
Hold on, but let's let's get into that. So what would you define as a microaggression? Uh, microaggression is something like, I believe it has to do with, you know, uh, unconsciously, you know, there's some racial, you know, racial things there. There's some implicit biases there. Uh, it's the way you view a certain group due to the lack of understanding of what that group is, how they operate, their culture, backgrounds and norms. You know, I think we all have some type of microaggression within us due to the fact that, you know, we may didn't grow up with certain groups. We may didn't grow up around the LGBTQ community. We may didn't grow up around, you know, Caucasian or anything like that. So we automatically have these microaggressions toward these specific groups because um, our lack of awareness of who they are and what they do. So what would you what would you term as a macroaggression? So what would be the difference between a micro and a macroaggression? So um I know, for example, a macro, a microaggression we just talked about. I got to let me look up the definition of the macroaggression really quick, because I'm really big on definitions. Let me see. OK, while you're doing that, one of the things that, you know, as far as, you know, these terms that we tend to, you know, put each other, these boxes that we put each other in, it's uh, it's very divisive. And the the whole goal of this, you know, this podcast and hopefully for everybody in their lives is to, you know, reach out and understand each other better to build bridges as opposed to building up walls. You know, it's in, it's important that um, you allow people to exist within your space, because in my personal opinion, this is my opinion, you know, being understanding is allowing your peace and my peace to exist in the same space. So if you don't exhibit certain traits or behaviors, and it's, and it's not, it's not easy because there are things that are ingrained in us, how we were raised, just, you know, our exposure, conversations that we've had, uh, morals, you know, religious, there's so many different layers to whether we allow people into our spaces or not. And I think we have to do the work on being more inclusive. It's very important that we are more inclusive of one another. Uh, it, and again, it's not easy. It's, it's a difficult uh, process because you have to recondition your mind to be more accepting of things that are not the norm to you. And one of the things that I had to learn as I get older, even terming something as normal or other or any of those type of terms, that communicates a separation between me and you. And if you're not conscious of that, even in your conversation, you will be dividing or separating yourself from the other person that you're speaking with. So you definitely want to uh, be more inclusive of others, but not just externally. So not just saying it. But you want to sit with yourself and really process that so that you can fully internalize it. So it, because if you change on the inside, your communication on the outside is going to change. It's just a natural progression. You know, um, Corey, you uh, did you get that definition together? Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about different between macro and micro, mi- micro is like it's subtle. Right. It's 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 a unconscious discrimination against somebody else due to the lack of, you know, uh, awareness of who they are, what they do. Macro, it's like full out blown aggression towards a, a a marginalized group, and that's on both ends, either macro or micro. It's just full out aggression towards a, a group of people of, of one race that you just hate them all. You know, I think a lot of us deal more with. I can say myself, I have some macro aggressions because I don't intensely try to offend, hurt, um, you know, have any implicit bias towards anyone. And I think the beautiful part of that is growing up around diverse cultures and populations, I was able to, you know, 
interact with these people and get to understand who they are. So it kind of minimized the possibility of me being this person that walk around with all these microaggressions, not saying that they're, you know, uh, obliterated in my life or whatnot, but I most definitely, I'm more conscious and aware. And in macroaggression, I don't feel like I have that towards anybody. Right. I got you. Okay. So as it relates to, because we were on topic as far as toxic masculinity is concerned, I think that uh, I guess a, a a more clear definition of it is if your beliefs, and this is just my opinion. I mean, this this is uh, this definition is very broad, but if your opinions, your beliefs, your religious beliefs, you know, whatever your morals are, if they cause you to be aggressive towards people that are different than you, as it relates to your masculinity that's when it becomes toxic. Absolutely. I think that's as, that's as clear as I can be on that. But another layer to that is sometimes your language, the way you communicate with someone can be considered toxic. So you may think that you're not being aggressive. You're not being uh, malicious or um, disrespectful in your commentary. But the perception of the other person also shapes that as well. So you have to consider your audience and who you're speaking to. So the same conversation I may have with Corey may not offend him. It may not border on toxic masculinity. But when I speak with someone else who has a different set of beliefs, a different life experience, it may come across that way. So I think toxic masculinity is very fluid in its definition. And it also depends on who you're interacting with. And you have to. Uh, so check the temperature in the room, so to speak. You have to understand people. And, you know, it, it's, it's it's difficult, man. It really is difficult. It really, really is difficult. And then we have to give each other grace in that area as well because we're nobody's perfect. So if somebody challenges your belief, be open to it. Don't be, you know, defensive. You know, I mean, it goes back to that alpha and beta conversation we had on the other podcast. You know, we can't be defensive and you know, refute everything. We have to be open, man. It's really important that we're open and accepting. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and also, you know, it goes to, I like to term it, or it's a term that's encapsulated. You got to understand something. The people that came up with these definitions, you know, beta, alpha, toxic masculinity, they define the societal norms for what it is to be masculine. Like, who said they was correct? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. We got to redefine these things for ourselves so we can live better lives. There's a lot of guys that want to do things that doesn't seem masculine to, you know, the majority, but do it anyways. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, we're fluid. However people move, they move. There's just some things I'm not going to do that's just off limits, right? Um, I'm a man's man. And so I'm like, I know what it is that I'm going to do based on what I define for myself. You know what I'm saying? Somebody may say, man, you can't go get a manicure and pedicure with your wife. That ain't what men do. That's them. I'm going to go do that. You see what I'm saying? Um, I want my car to smell good. I'm going to spray my car down. You know, I'm going to wear pink. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do things. I had on pink yesterday. Fuchsia, to be exact. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I know who I am. And I don't have to walk around and betray to be, you know, a man's man so you can feel comfortable around me. Because I think a lot of these things, bruh, it comes down to men not feeling comfortable in their own skin, yeah. right? And so when they get around a man who's a real man and it challenges them, they got to, they feel some type of way. And it's like, bro, 
If you're going to wear pink, wear pink. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to get a manicure and a pedicure, go get a manicure and pedicure. You know what I'm saying? Even boils down to eating a sucker, man. Some dudes don't even eat lollipops no more. Because yeah, somebody, right. you know, you got your part. Oh, man, you sucking hell out that lollipop, boy. Man, it's like, <laughs> dog. Hey, that is funny, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's funny, though. Legit, it's funny. But as long as you don't take it seriously, bro, you yeah. have to take it light. For sure. Yeah, you, you know, you got to be comfortable within your own shoes because you're going to get that, man. I yeah. think that, you know, and people are so sensitive. We're hypersensitive, too, in a lot of instances as well. As much as we are hyper aware, we're hypersensitive and we can't take jokes. You know what I'm saying? And I think even with this whole thing that just come out recently, no homo before they say something. It's like, why do you have to say that? No homo. Like, if you know you're not a homo, but because. It's a way to, it's like a disclaimer to make sure that people know, hey, ain't nothing funny about me. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, look, dog, you got to be okay with who you are. You don't have to give me a disclaimer to say no homo. Now, if you're doing some things that are, you know, uh, homosexual, you know, behaviors, activities, and that's who you are, do that. But even the toxic masculinity goes and rolls over to this homophobia. Mm -hmm. Right, this homophobia. A man's man, they're going to say, oh, he's very homophobic. This is the thing about homophobia that we got to understand homophobia is a fear of something right and i don't think that people fear homosexuals there's some people who don't agree with it and when you break down again phobia which is a fear of something i don't think people are fear or afraid of of, of gay people or homosexual people whatever you deem yourself when you look up in a dsm-5 that's not even a disorder it's a psychological disorder that they're trying to place on people to say, oh, you have a fear of this. And it's like, no, now you you misusing terms. And now right. we have created this, this term that is misplaced or doesn't fit um, to make sure a, a certain group feel, you know, better about their situation by tearing down somebody else saying, because, you know, you're homophobic. You know, it's, it's just a lot of stuff within that. But that even goes into toxic masculinity too. So we just got to be careful of the terms we use, how we use them, if they're correct, you know what I mean? And just stop using these things to define who you are. Just be fluid in who you are. You're going to evolve. Something you may not have done three years ago, you may do it today. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean you're not a man. What that means, if you have grown, you had a growth mindset, and you probably matured in areas where other people may have said, that ain't cool. Let's not do that. That's not a man's man. You know what I'm saying? Um, up up to now, you're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, so it's I, I think that, and that's important because one of the clear things that I want people to take away is that you have to define what it is to be masculine for yourself. You have to define what it is to be feminine for yourself. And it's a very fluid statement. It's subjective. Some people, you know, everybody grew up differently, man. We've experienced femininity and masculinity differently. So, you know, one of the challenging, you know, things for me some months ago, and I had to sit with it, you know, my, my grandfather, who is the man's man, Paul Bunyan, chopped down trees with an ax type of individual. And as it relates to masculinity, uh, with him being such a quiet person, um, some people would say, well, that's beta. But I've, I've thought about it. And, you know, I know a lot of men who are very quiet in nature, but they are alpha males. So it just kind of speaks to the 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 difficulty in trying to box people in because my grandfather was also a sheriff. So would you say that a sheriff 
from Natchitoches, Louisiana, who's, you know, farmed and tilled land and picked cotton and all this kind of stuff, would you say that that's an, that's a beta male? You know what I mean? So it, it's, you have to clearly define it for yourself. Nobody can tell you whether you're being alpha or beta. You know what I mean? Uh, and to hit on Corey, what you were saying about homophobia, it's definitely by definition, I think people have kind of, you know, misused that term. I think they use that term to describe um, someone who is against, you know, homosexuals. So that would be more along the lines of someone who is biased, not necessarily a homophobic individual. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's not that, you know, someone is fearful of, you know, people that, you know, have an alternative lifestyle. It's just that they don't agree with it. Now, how you go about communing, excuse me, communicating that is a totally different topic, you know, and I think we confuse, you know, someone not agreeing with a lifestyle. And then some would argue, who are you to agree with my lifestyle? You're another human being. You're not God. I don't need you to affirm. I don't need you to agree with how I choose to live my life. And that's a very valid uh, perspective to have. But we can't confuse bias or, you know, someone passing judgment. And then call it a fear. You know what I mean? That's two totally different things. And I, I do agree with you in that it's it's uh, you know, society is trying to um use fear mongering and things of that nature to, you know, kind of stamp down the uh or stomp down the the rhetoric around the topic of homosexuality. And again, I think that, you know, from my perspective on this topic, you're entitled to live your life however you want to. I'm a human being. I can't determine how you should do that or not. That's for you to determine. It's your life. I'm not going to impose. I'm not going to talk down. I'm not going to um, <clears throat> remove your humanity just because you live differently than me. We have to be more inclusive and fluid as it relates to these topics. Now, as how I conduct myself, that's my own personal choice in my life, things that I won't do. Everybody has you know, different boundaries and beliefs. But I'm not going to impose those things on another human being because then that becomes oppressive. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I concur with that. Whatever a person chooses to do and how they choose to live their life is on them. Uh, again, I have friends that I've worked with who was of the LGBTQ community, some of the sweetest people in the world. And I'm not going to lie. There was a point in my life where, you know, because I was uh, a part of a certain group. Uh, when I when I say part of a certain group, a religious group that, you know, talked down on it. Right. And it was like, that's kind of where I first learned how to be or develop this type of uh, macroaggression mm. towards that group. That's where I first learned it. You know what I'm saying? People ain't gonna talk about that. I learned to have micro ma- macroaggression towards the LGBTQ community from the church and how church people, you know, communicated that. And once I broke away from that and just said, you know, I'm a rock with God and not all these stipulations and all these rules and regulations, I come to realize I love them. The LGBTQ community, some of the sweetest people, man, they treat you right. They just they just want to live life. They want to have fun. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. And so I have a mm-hmm. different perspective. I w- I'm no longer encapsulated with the church review, church review of that particular group. And let me say this. You said there are some things you would not do and there's things you just, you know, you would do and you would not do. So I, I believe as people, we have both a masculine and a feminine side that has nothing to do with gender, mm-hmm. has nothing to do with gender. And there are some behaviors, though, that, 
you know, uh, some people operate in that I just wouldn't agree with. Let's take the whole Lil Wayne and baby situation where they kissed. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know that's going to, you know, <laughs> but for me, that just was, that ain't something I would ever do. I'm not going to go and kiss another man on the lips. You know what I'm saying? That's just not something right. that I would do. And there was an interview that was done by T.K. Kirkland. I don't know if you're familiar with T.K. Kirkland. Yeah, the comedian. Yeah, hilarious. So he was talking about it. And he was like, man, you know, when I, he said, you know, I was hanging with him. I was kicking with him, whatever. He said, and so when they did that, he said, you know, I thought it was like a mob type of thing. You know, you give a peck on the cheek or whatever. It's a mob. He said, but no, they didn't kiss on the cheek. They kissed on the lips. He said, I had to call up one of my boys like, man, you know, they move like that. And my man was like, yeah, that's how, you know, that's what they do. He said, it kind of messed me up. And then the interviewer asked TK, what a baby try to kiss you on lips? He said, oh, I'll fuck him up. He already know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> said, yeah, like that, that, that speaks to, you know, everybody defining for them where their boundaries are. You know, I look, man, it, you know, that topic that just specifically with that, um, I think that that's a cultural thing. You know, in our community, we don't do that. So right. when we see that being done, it's kind of like, okay, that's different. You know, some people, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, like TK, you know, like, nah, I'm going to knock you out for that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, so it's, um, it, man, we're all different. We have different life experiences. And everybody defines what their lines are. You define what your line is. But just make sure you're not oppressive to another individual. And, you know, you don't want to uh, push your beliefs on someone else. I mean, we can go a lot of different ways with this toxic masculinity because, you know, a- another example of that is, you know, the laws that have been put in place, you know, limiting the ability to have an abortion. <laughs> Man, that's a totally different. I mean, we may need to do another podcast just on that alone because that, in my opinion, I won't say that that's toxic masculinity, but it's definitely oppressive. For oh, sure. definitely oppressive. And, and, and this is the thing, too, I would add to that. You said, make sure you're not oppressive to other people. And I also want to include, do not be impressive to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because we oppress ourselves. There's a lot of things, man. Look, the the human brain, there's so many different things going on, so many different components to the human mind. And how we function and how we do things and what the left side of the brain does versus the right side of the brain. And your body's telling you things. And we have learned how to ignore our the signs that our body gives us. You know what I'm saying? And there are some things that we want to do as men. We need to go ahead and do it. Again, I know people are afraid to step outside the box or the cultural norms or what it is to be masculine because they don't want to be judged. You know, but long as you know where you stand as a man, you know. If you're going to go get your nails and toes, you know, taken care of and groomed or whatever, go ahead and do that and walk out saying, I'm a man's man, though. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you feel like I'm not a man's man, you're getting, the, you know, the pink tips and, you know, all these different type of things. Because, th- man, there's people out there, like, that have full beards and, you know, their nails done, feet done, they wear tight clothing and all these different type of things. But they're mm-hmm. not claiming to be anything. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I'm not going to fit in this mold that y'all try to create for me. I'm going to be different. And whatever you want to do, do it, man. But just know, like you said, Ken, they don't have nothing to do with a phobia. It's just some people agree with certain things. And and when they when they agree or disagree, it's not necessarily with you. It's probably with the act in which you are you know, doing. And again, people don't have to agree with you or not agree with you. But 
um, just be yourself, you know, be yourself. And, and, and fellas, as men, we got to hold each other up. We got to hold each other accountable. And, you know, you ain't got to always say no homo in front of something, you know, that, that makes, yeah, that's me, crazy, that makes me more suspicious when you say that than you not saying it. I won't say I'm more suspicious on it, but it definitely speaks to your maturity and, you know, because you're insecure. I mean, you cannot deny that if I have to say no homo, which is like, hey, let me let you know I'm not this. Right. I and like then that. continue your sentence. Bro, you're immature and you're insecure at the same. I mean, they're, you're immature and insecure, bro. You know, no homo. I think, you know, to in my personal opinion, that's like, that's like a white person saying, yo, what's up, brother? <laughs> no African-American. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, bro. Like, you know, it's really crazy. So, and and it can be offensive. I mean, when you hear, when you hear that, because I'm just trying to be as open and grounded in this as I possibly can. Um, When you hear a man say no homo, it's, um, it's a negative. It's kind of like a slur, you know? So I try to put myself in their shoes. If I heard somebody of a different race say no African-American, but yo, what's up, bro? What's going down? That's offensive as hell. So when we say we don't, but we don't think about that. And it's very, um, it's just, it's that, like I said, that's a, that's a great form. I mean, that's a great example of toxic masculinity. Uh, one of the conversations I had, um, with one of my brothers is a, you know, this whole D Wade situation and him, you know, wearing certain articles of clothing like dresses or just tight fitting clothes. And I don't think he wore a dress, but just a very feminine style of dress, uh, so to speak. And my first reaction was, man, that's a, you know, that that's gay. And I'm just being honest. Like, and I had, and, and my brother was just like, I don't know if I would term that as gay. And I try to be as open anytime somebody gives me pushback on something that I say. And I sat with that for a minute. And uh, just being honest, it's not gay. I mean, there, <laughs> and when we dug into it, because it, and I'm glad that he said that because that challenged my views on it. Because when you think about it, the way that you dress has nothing to do with your sexual orientation. And if you take a minute, how many things do we say? Oh, that's gay. Oh no, that's gay. Uh, Kevin Hart has a joke. Like he tells, Hey, stop that. That's gay. You know, like different stuff like that. And I don't think that that's good because that's a form, like what we were talking about. That's a form of conditioning people to associate a style of dress, a certain behavior to a sexual orientation. And it, it villainizes those who practice that lifestyle. We have to be conscious of it. And I want people to really think that, okay, so D Wade has the whole Cisco thing going on, which I think is hilarious. I think he's going through a midlife crisis, but I don't know. It's just my opinion. So the blonde hair, the tight fitting clothes, the more Eurocentric style of dress, that doesn't make somebody gay. Their sexual orientation is completely separate than the way that they dress. And I think if people sit for a second and really think about that, uh, you start to you start to see how how this whole thing about gender masculinity uh, femininity you know is pretty much a, you know alpha beta male it's a house of cards it's a, it's really it really is a house of cards and it really boils down to what you're okay with how you where your boundaries are and being accepting and inclusive of other people. You know, your peace and my peace existing in the same space is the world that we want to create. Uh, Corey, but I'll let you take us out, man. Most definitely. Like, again, I'm, I'm going to say this before I end. You know, I, I do believe there are some things 
in society when it comes to, you know, masculinity that has been culturally placed upon us that I'm going to stick with. You know what I'm saying? And not only stick with because it's been placed upon me because I had a chance to search myself and figure out who I am and know who I am. You know what I'm saying? And so there are some things I'm just not going to do outside of um, the, the, the cultural norms of what it is to be a man. Do that mean I'm going to have these macroaggressions towards anybody else that practice something differently than me? Not at all. Right. Again, I'm not encapsulated with my own personal views and my perspectives. I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of because it's important. And so toxic masculinity, I believe that we can do away with that. And the way we do away with that is by speaking up, you know, uh, sharing some of the things that, you know, we have on our heart and some of the things that we want to do. And we don't have to get approved from get approval from anyone to do what it is we do. I'm not going to get approval from another man if I want to go sit with my wife and get a manicure and pedicure. I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm going to go just do that. I'm not going to get permission to wear pink if I want to wear pink. You know what I'm saying? They got some real man wear pink and they have to say real man wear pink to masculinize it. Right. Like make it, you know, a, a manly thing. No, people wear pink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So do what it is that you feel you want to do for with, for yourself. If you feel like there's some toxic masculinity going on in your life, check it. See what it is. See where it's coming from because it's stemmed from somewhere. But y'all listen, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. The Thinking Man Podcast with your boy, Corey and Kim. Y'all can catch us every week. You know, go check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know, we're on a lot of different platforms. Check us out. Follow us. Um, subscribe to us. We got the YouTube channel coming soon, so y'all be on the lookout for that. And we're just going to keep bringing this, this heat, and we're going to keep bringing real-life topics, and I hope y'all enjoy it. Thank y'all. Peace. Hello, everyone. My name is Ken. I am the co-creator of the Thinking Man's podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the last episode. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, Hopefully we sparked the conversation between you and your loved ones, your family and friends. And we really appreciate it if you could share the content. You know, when we started this thing, the whole goal of it was to just start the conversation. We don't have the solutions, but we definitely want to spark conversations. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have a good day.